0: Welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast that covers everything in the English language there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show, that is at HEFpod on Twitter. Also follow us on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash HEFpod. Don't do this show alone. And uh, joining us after a little bit of a hiatus is Roman and Germany, or I should just say Woo-hoo! Europe
1: somewhere. <laughs> and no, no, I am actually in Frankfurt right now again. Yeah. Been all over the place. Been to Munich. Been to Amsterdam. Been to Portugal. Uh, near actually Guimarech, but uh, that was a few, uh, three weeks ago. But uh, I was about to go there again, but I didn't. But yeah, I'm so happy to be here. So much happened. So much stuff uh, in every point of view, you know, so it's so cool to finally be back on the podcast. I'm super excited.
0: Roman, you know, you left Portugal and now the team's back in Portugal. And all I have to wonder about uh, Track in terms of your Europa League scheduling is, why the heck are we going to Portugal at the beginning of October instead of, you know, going there in like, you know, the middle of December? Because not gonna lie, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure more Eintracht Frankfurt fans would want to go uh, away to Portugal in December as opposed to away at the beginning of October.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, I got I got relatives in in Porto, uh, so my my step grandmother, so to say, she lives in Porto, and I, I went to visit her, and that was before we knew I knew all about the schedule and everything, and I went with a girlfriend, so I kind of had to plan a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't that easy um, to know. But then I was like, okay, maybe spontaneously just go there. Because Guimaraes is only like 30 minutes by car away from Porto, right? So it would be the ideal stopover to come uh, visit my step-grandmother a- a- again. But, uh, yeah, too much work, too much stuff going on. So I wasn't able to carve out uh, the time. So here I am in Frankfurt, but I'm getting ready to come back to San Francisco, which is also awesome, uh, super exciting. Are you, I can't wait hold to on. here way too long. When
0: are you coming back stateside? Because we are, remember, we are doing our, uh, this will be the second uh, live show uh, from Oktoberfest, Kansas City Oktoberfest. And it does look like Nathan, Nathan's uh, coming to Kansas City uh, to join the live show. Can you come?
1: I don't know yet. So this will be more on the spontaneous side because like, I got lots of meetings because I'm only going to be in the States for three to four weeks because then I got to come back here because I have another keynote or another presentation here. And I have my 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 20 years of ABBY anniversary as well. So my A-level exam. So my, I'm class of 99. I got my A-levels uh, finished high school, so to say, in 99. And I got my 20-year reunion. So I got to be back here in uh, three weeks for the reunion and for uh, some presentations. So I'm only going to be uh, three weeks and they're already loaded with appointments. So maybe spontaneously, I don't know. But you know, if you are in the startup world, you never know anything that happens beyond your two months radius. So I have no idea what I'm going to do in the next weeks. Who knows? <laughs> Indeed. But I'm glad to be finally here again, you know? So that's important.
0: Exactly, exactly. And we are glad to have you back, Roman, because it's been quite a long time, I think
1: since episode 100, that we had you on, maybe even. And totally. Then, uh, phew, we've been busy. And the coolest things happened. Totally. I'm telling you. I, I know uh, it's, it's not on our roadmap for the day, but I have to put one memory back to the people out there. So I was so lucky to watch a few live matches uh, while I was here. So obviously the the Strasbourg one, the against Russing at Board telling you this was I mean this has got to be on top of my top five matches ever watched live. Definitely. The, yeah, there was there was Even tops uh, of the group stage match obviously. from last season. Yeah, I mean like like I said, where I was live in the in the stadium, right? So my live stadium experiences and there were lots of good ones. But this was a really action-packed match, you know, like everyone. I mean, as you as you guys have seen it on TV as well. You were really wild and and rowdy and everything rough, you know, was everything that a good match needed. You know, there was. I, I still get this. I'm just amazing, you know. Just like the way the goalie played. I watch. I watched the match on TV twice already, you know. So uh, because it was. I kind of had to see it from an objective um, point of view again, because like when you were in the stadium, everything was just so wild. I had like no voice, like the booing and, you know, like trying like the the way the red cards and this and that. So there was so much I needed to watch and to understand and, and whether it was, um, yeah, whether the fans were on the right side or however you call it, Uh, it was just a a fucking amazing match. Uh, It was really good. And whereas Arsenal, for example, as you might have guessed, I was really stoked and going and I was really excited, but it was not so round. You know, it was kinda of like I think too many people were relaxed. So it's gonna be interesting how Eintracht is taking the group phase, right? Because mm-hmm. the problem with group games is they're not really that important per se. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, they are important. Right. But, but you have six matches match. to ensure that you make it to the knockout phase. Exactly. And you can
0: finish in second totally. place
1: if necessary. Exactly. So there are too many ifs and wins. And that's, I think, what killed the Arsenal match um, because you could feel from the team but also from the supporters you know also when you heard everyone everyone just ex- was just excited about the game finally like me as well right so if you watch the little videos you know it was basically oh we're going to go watch an awesome match and uh, and no matter what's going to be the result it's going to be a cool experience and uh and that that was kind of i felt the attitude of it even like the supporters weren't that loud and like the um the guys like martin stein and the other guys you know who trying to um, um you know fire up the crowd you know they weren't really able to do so because it was uh it was more of a touristy match you know it was mm. more like you know let's let's be entertained uh let's enjoy that arsenal is here and not really like um this is super important um so that's right. kind of what i felt um, so that was kind of sad about that. So not sad, but you know what I mean. Like I totally understand because,
0: like, because of the importance, it's not a group. It's not a. It's not a qualifying match. Whereas you know, hey, guess what? We have to effing beat these uh, French opposition because hey, you know what? Uh, that was her. From what I had been told, was very much a Eintr, Ein, Comet tr- ein, uh, Arena light uh, version, and so yeah. the fans just suddenly in the second half. I think it was almost that, uh, to go all the way back to that, that Ante Rebic red card just set the entire stadium off. And yeah. then it was, we're talking one of the heart pounding uh, atmospheres that re- that we can really dish out. But speaking of atmospheres, Roman, we should get to the crazy atmosphere at the Alte uh on the east side of Berlin. Because apparently it mm. was a bumper. Because as I mentioned last week, uh, three of the sides of that stadium there is all standing. The Eintracht fans lit off some pyro, so more than likely we'll, we'll get a fine coming down the in the next couple of months or so. But yeah. Eintracht Frankfurt, zwei, and Union. Well, we would have liked no, but, ha, uh, yeah, but they eins. get the eins. Um,
1: Yeah, we got to be we got to be honest about this. Yeah, yeah. Um it Yeah, so dude, it, the talking point maybe saying, you start- would
0: You agreed the talking point has now shifted uh since this match happened. It the match has all shifted to the uh it really has just shifted towards the injuries because not gonna lie, we had a lot of things going on. We created a high number of opportunities, we you know, were able to dispossess Union really well. I mean Sure, we lost possession uh, when we did, but hey, look, we did a lot of... We had crossing, through balls. We had... Look, we had a high shot frequency even when we had the ball. I mean, look, there were a lot of pauses to take away from that match. And, you know, whilst we didn't uh, maintain the complete uh, possession advantage like dominating them like some people would have thought we would have wanted to do. Guess what? We were able to uh, take it to those guys and, you know, outside the bringing on Ant- your Anthony Uja, you know, Eintracht as squad really kicked ass and t- and took names in uh, this old match.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a, let's say it was a... T- I think it was a very important game, actually, you know, because if we would have lost it for whatever reason, we would have been in the shits. Right, because like after all these losses we had before, um, it was it was super important to win these kind of this these kind of matches, right? Because like they are like they're like hygienic factors, right? If you lose them, they hurt really bad. If you win them, they're just like you know okay, that's uh, kind of expected. Um, so it's uh, I think it was a very important game, especially for the situation we were in, um, and it would have been a typical game. Like maybe three years ago, we would have lost. Right. The uh, so now how the club is now, thanks to uh, the Bobic era, that you, where
0: we've had uh, Niko Kovač and now Adi Hutter. Well, hey, guess what? We would lose these matches, where we're against a team that, hey, guess what? They're gonna fi- be fighting up against you know the relegation scrap all season long, and then when you yeah. freaking take one in the ass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's why um, I, I was I was super happy. Super excited to hear um, uh, about uh, about the, uh, seeing the, the win, you know, and also like the, who scored, right? That Dost uh, and Silva. I think that's also the port- Portuguese connection. For me, great news, something
0: it. The Portuguese connection,
1: <laughs> definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also, you know, it's important that they start to click. Right? Agreed. I mean, Dosty. You started off super well, but then had like a little low. And they didn't even so have a preseason Davis-
0: with the entire squad to kind of get integrated in how we were expecting to play, immerse yourself. I mean, those, these guys have basically been parachuted in, like right as the transfer window was ending for each guy. And, you know, they've yeah. been asked to hit the ground running. And that's that's not very easy to ask. When you don't have a full preseason under you, you need a little bit more yeah. time to adapt. And the fact that we've gotten now uh, with Silva and uh, Dos, we've gotten two goals for each of them. I think that really is doing world for their confidence. And I think it, we will see that transpire over the course of the rest of the month.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and and I think those those were like the kind of like the like the the good news, so to say, that we that we got from uh, from this match, right? yeah. the, the functioning the fun- functioning attack side, and also in that stadium, right? So I've I've been at the Estadio mm-hmm. uh, oh. once, and I've been in when the, before the before they renovated. So in one of their relegation, I actually still have a Unión scarf that I bought when they promoted up to the second league. I was at the last game in Berlin. Really cool. Um, and uh, I also love their song, right? The Eisen Union. I think they have one of the best uh, anthems, so to say. Um, Who sings their so anthem? I thought Nina I heard Hagen. some like punk rock singer. Yeah, Nina Hagen. Well, punk rock, yeah, kind of. But yeah, famous East German uh, uh, singer. has. A, she has a very rocky voice, ah. obviously. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I was like the first time I I, I I heard it, I was like, ooh, that's that's cool. I liked it. I kind of had it in my head, like it was kind of you know like for a couple of days. I was like, kind of had to watch it on YouTube and kind of like it was really. Impre- I thought it was really nice, especially when they all sing it. And then in the first uh my first game was uh, when Frankfurt, that when the supporters were banned. Uh, there was what was that like a couple of years ago in DFB Bokal, we played them and uh um yeah so that was good and of course we got good ties with them because of i don't know if you remember but i think there was also in the early 2000s um they auctioned a seat next to the coach i don't know do you remember that have you heard of that story have you heard that story no i haven't actually okay so here here's the quick rundown so uh for the DFB Pokal match Frankfurt versus Union Berlin in at the Union Stadium at their stadium, they auctioned the seat next to the coach. Right, so basically they were low of money, so they said, okay, um, whoever wants to watch the game, the Frankfurt game uh, next to the uh, um, uh, to the to the coach of uh, of Union Berlin, you know, we'll auction it away. And, of course, the Frankfurt people were really sneaky and over the forum, the Internet forum, and they formed together, collected a lot of money, and then they bid on the seat. And what they wanted to do is to have um, Adelman, Adi, uh, at this time. He was like a a, a very famous supporter because he always basically stripped down naked. He only had little... uh red string tanga on you know so it was <laughs> like he's like this big guy tattooed all over you know and like uh, i can send you a photo i took a photo uh when he was in hamburg and when you went away he always like went you know center stage at the away then he took off his clothes <laughs> and uh and and you know basically and everyone celebrated him with adleman Adelmann Schenko seinen Auswärtsig. You know, so we had these songs. Basically, like, Adelmann, his name, like, uh, give us an away victory. And there was, like, this was this time, you know, it was super crazy. And, uh, yeah. And so, what they the plan was to win the auction and then put him next to the Union coach during the match. And then, of course, it would only be a matter of time when he would strip down Nick. (laughs) Right, so... That was that was the goal, and of course they won. So the Frankfurt uh, made the bid, the bid, and uh, unfortunately the DFB didn't allow anyone besides staff in the oh. uh, inner inner circle. Dang it! So yeah, because when Union, they really wanted to do it, they said, "Yeah, you know, I mean, we promised it. We're gonna do it," and. Um, uh but uh, the d f b didn't allow it, so um they did something else you know they he he got a special something and he was presented in a certain way and I forgot about this but yeah google uh probably if you google adelmann union berlin frankfurt uh that's uh that's where you will find a little bit of the story and uh, legendary so that's my first contact with the uh, Union berlin. Uh, and uh yeah and then was uh, while i lived in berlin i watched the promotion game and uh then the other dfb people match uh where the outs where the supporters were not allowed frankfurt supporters were not allowed to be to go um the block was banned which only lasted for about 20 minutes because like the basically there were like still 5000 frankfurt supporters in in the ranks it's kind of really funny because like we couldn't wear scarves and and you know and and, and we went like kind of neutral but uh yeah you could hear the 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 dialects from many sides you know so you knew kind of who was a frankfurt guy who was a frankfurt supporter and not and uh, yeah at some point they stormed the block and at the end it was all as normal uh, very supportive though by the union fans so that's why i got very good uh memories with the union supporters um so nice. yeah
0: that's pretty uh, pretty yeah. unique and only in Germany can that happen
1: huh. Just saying yeah exactly that was uh, that was super cool yeah so that was I was but still I was happy that we won that match um, obviously mm-hmm. and uh, I think we played okay after the Arsenal and uh, you know we had a we had a, a tough week an English week as we say. Um, I think it was important to make, get these three points. Actually, we did not have the three weeks we had, uh, but uh, but it was very important to get those three points in the bank. And nobody can take them away from us now.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, Roman, that's going to wrap it up for segment one, but before we get cruise on into segment two, I think we should have our favorite segment breaker. Hashtag, what are we drinking? What do you got for us? It's been a long time.
1: It's been a long time, and I have to admit, I uh, I don't have anything special. I just got a little bit of whiskey, uh, good Irish uh, Irish whiskey, and uh, I'm drinking it though out of a weird cup, like <laughs> one of these kind of apple apple bemble design cup. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post a photo. Um, I still don't know really what it is because it's not a typical apple wine cup, but it looks like it, it looks like a bemble, you know, you know. So it has like this kind of thing, but. Um, yeah, so whiskey is on me. How about you? What are you drinking, Brian?
0: Um, speaking of uh, Bembos, I'm actually drinking uh, the last of the... Well, I've got... I think I've got one more bottle of it left. Uh, the last of the Palsman Ebevoi. So I figured i uh, break out some, mm. uh, something from uh, Germany, from the Hessian region, uh, just for you coming back. So, Prost! Very good. Prost! <laughs> so, you want to tell me, though... Oktoberfest in Munich is it worth it or not worth it
1: Absolutely worth it yeah considering
0: I have to, the, ha- I have to admit. the amount of drinking that goes on at that
1: Yeah Oktoberfest in Munich is um so I've been again and uh it it's definitely yeah I think it is a must see uh, Of course it's crazy and uh Very some CIM people America. like it some people don't <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were actually at the Hofbräu uh, tent. And so it was, I mean, it was very touristy. Uh, it's one of the tents where I usually would tell, I, I, w- I would I would tell friends, no, don't go there. Go anywhere else but there. Um, but, you know, it was just fun. Uh, it's it's just different. It's crazy. Huh. Interesting. I, I would say it's a definitely once in a lifetime, you know. Some people have to go to Mecca. Some people have to go to Oktoberfest, you know. Just depends on which side you're on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> religious from one religious pilgrimage to another. That's going to wrap it up for segment exactly. one of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Stay tuned. Uh, we have more exciting Eintracht news notes and, every, and looking at the Europa Pokal against Victoria the uh in segment two. So stay with. <laughs> Segment two of Hey Trek Frankfurt uh, got a little bit of American-related news as the Bundesliga writes uh, as of the end of the 2019-2020 season will end its time in the United States uh, with Fox Sports. So the kind of usual uh, early morning kickoffs of three games being televised, and then you have your tot spiel on Saturdays, and then you have your doubleheader Sunday, and then you have your one, uh, Friday match. Well, <sighs> well uh, <laughs> those are going to be going away as uh, – uh switching over to espn that's going to be mostly streamed on e- every match will be streamed on espn plus or streaming service available uh to uh subscribers at five dollars a month now
1: with the bit but is that in addition do you know is that in addition or is that the full subscription so, so do i already have to have like a disney plus no, account and then so, i need uh,
0: so what's going on uh people might be aware of disney plus uh, streaming service uh, from the Walt Disney Corporation that's going to be coming out in November uh, in partnership with Hulu and ESPN, which is owned also by Disney, should be pointed out. Um, there's These three streaming services are going to be uh, available as a uh, mega blockbuster package deal, uh, which makes me just think that the likes of Netflix uh, and Amazon will be getting more... <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, more and more invested into a uh, lot into sports streaming. They, uh, uh, Netflix has already had quite a few uh, sports documentaries in addition to Amazon, which had even in their this is football. Uh, I'm tracked as part highlight of, as part of one of their episodes there. So uh, as we mentioned, when it came out, I guess that was in August, uh, go back and check that out. But all Eintracht, so I mean, look, uh, that's $60 for an American uh, to see each game of Eintracht be strange, whether it's on your tablet, mobile device, laptop. You know, you can obviously then set it up to hook up to your television. I mean, Bundesliga like, seems to be going away from live TV, uh, at least within the United States, and thinking, you know, let's get ahead of ourselves right here. Now, supposedly the amount of money on the table was more from ESPN than Fox but they also understood that ESPN was only guaranteeing that they would show four matches per season on TV guaranteed more than likely your Bayern versus Bay Bay matches and you know two other spares that they could throw around but when the Serie A which is the current uh, big league that uh, is with ESPN plus uh, was acquired mm-hmm. you know they were starting to uh they were starting to show uh, matches on the early Sunday uh, well before uh, your NFL coverage was starting to uh, start up for the morning mm. and they've been able to show basically a game of the week. Now I do think that uh, this four is pretty low ball by ESPN. I have more than an assumption that uh, like your Friday night matches at the very least will probably uh, start uh, kicking on I- but ESPN definitely trying to realize that, hey, guess what? Uh, La Liga has just, re, has just re-upped with in Sports Channel, which, I mean, that's a hard enough channel to get a hold of uh, to begin with. The Portuguese League mm-hmm. is what is left of uh, Goal TV, what the Bundesliga used to be on before they went to Fox. Um, Roman, uh, kind of based on like your viewing experiences that you've had in the United States with the Bundesliga, do you see this as a positive thing going forward? Are you a little skeptical? Where Where do you fall on your judgment on this?
1: Well, first of all, I like the lower price, right? I thought Fox soccer match pass with 120 was a little bit too much getting there. You know, Um I think it, it got very, it got a little bit too expensive. They also started with like 79, I think, right? 70. Or seventy bucks a year, and now they were like at one hundred and twenty or so. Yeah, and you at that time um, you
0: also were getting the Champions League, in addition to the exactly. Bundesliga, the and Champions League, and Europa League. Which, let's be honest, um, all three of those competitions at that price that was a pretty good deal.
1: But ever since they lost that Super to team. Turner Sports, and, and which
0: is now why uh, BR Live streams yeah. all Europa League matches. You know, it's kind of where we're at.
1: Yeah, and they had all the other fun matches. You know, they had, like this weird Australian rugby. You know, like, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I'm just like, but if when you were bored, you know, you could watch some weird games, you know, so I kind of like the old one. The new one, I, I'm not really that fan of. I mean, of course, okay, uh compared to what, what people in Germany have to pay to watch the Bundesliga, you know, uh, we cannot complain, Uh right? Ten bucks a month to watch every Bundesliga game of every live uh, is uh, amazing. And even uh, while I was here in Germany, you know, if you've got a VPN, you know, boom, off you go, you can watch that stuff. Um, but uh, um, so that's of course is a killer deal um, in comparison to Germany but you know we got to see it differently in, in America uh, how many people actually do watch the Bundesliga is it really such a uh, um, like I would like to know how many soccer fans who are like not uh, really fans of a club really paid that amount right um, so I think it'll it'll be more successfully uh, or soccer will be more successfully if it's bundled with other stuff right For example with ESPN you know if you can watch if, uh, if you if people buy it for let's say football reasons or whatever or, or hockey and then they get uh, the Bundesliga as well I think that's where it will kick off you know because I don't know if how many people pay extra money to only watch Bundesliga and of course the Germans and you know like you and, uh, and you and Nathan you know guys were like really into it. But you know, for it to be a little bit more of a mass market, um, I think something else needs to happen. Uh, I don't know what though. I have to admit. But uh, yeah, it's too fragmented. You know, because at the end, people most people want to see the the Premiership. You know, premiership.
0: yeah, and the way that it's packaged even you know, with NBC, NBC's trying now to with the heavy investment when they re when they re-signed with the uh, NBC's re-signed with the Premier League. You know, they started. Uh, offering, no longer offering all the games on, you know, like on all these various TV platforms, you know, you had literally just, it's now been very much narrowed down to what it used to be when they were on Fox and you only had, you know, one live match that you were able to watch at any one time and NBC just trying to uh, fund uh, this move that they made with that. But, you know, uh, it's, for me, it's a wait and see. I think that more matches yeah. will actually be shown on TV from ESPN. I think, hey, maybe, you know, Der Klassiker will be on um, on the uh, – well, it does kind of mean that maybe Der, ABC, mean that holds, uh, Der Klassiker will be on ABC, but it does mean that ESPN now holds the DPP Pokal and – all the Bundesliga and Vitaliga rights, yeah. which uh, in terms of all yeah. the other leagues that ESPN has, in addition to Serie A that I mentioned, uh, it's got the domestic cups from England. It's got our own uh, Pokal. Uh, they also have the Eredivisie, And I'm starting to scratch the barrel here on what else? Um, the Copa uh, del... La- right. So really, they you really know- have uh, all the... They have all of the major domestic cups across Europe Mm. and the Bundesliga is now, you know, they have two of the top four leagues in the world. And so in terms of being able to watch that, you know, if you're just a soccer fan, but you don't have a TV uh, channel subscription, uh, it does allow for you to uh, continue (laughs) to watch the Bundesliga at a pretty reasonable price. But moving on from that, Roman... uh,
1: but one thing, one thing. One Wait, quickly, want just because this question is actually, and I don't, we shouldn't be talking about this topic for too long. But I think this. You issue don't want to talk about on Mueller, interna- do you? On, on, <laughs> I do in a second. But let's uh, in, the internationalization of the Bundesliga is super crucial, right? Because like when we see the discussions about you know what needs to happen in the Bundesliga to save, you know, when the foreign inv- investors and this kind of bullshit, I think that's the, the bigger question is how can we reach other markets, right? Because the investors. Uh, question is one thing but how to make more money out of it and because i always say yeah the difference between the premier league is so big to the bundesliga and it's not because they're billionaires in the in the premier Premier league it's because of the premier league is so internationally uh um, has such a strong stronghold so to say right so if the bundesliga really wants to make changes to make more money to get access to bigger meat players and
0: tv Players in TV, you know, like your international stars from Africa and Asia uh, who are, you know, they should be in the Bundesliga because then guess what? Those people who care about their own national teams will want to watch, you know, their national team players. And, you know, when uh, Solon moved from Leverkusen to uh, Tottenham Hotspur, I knew for the very moment then that the already existing uh, level of scope – uh, from South Korea alone yeah. would just explode for the Premier League not that to uh, heights that it had not yet hit. For example,
1: but isn't it also funny that they were not able to convert this really for Leverkusen? I mean, we had with Chicharito, we had this a little bit, you know. But I, I sometimes feel that um, the German teams suck in using uh, using these uh, these multipliers. Right, So it kind of seems like they are a big thing, or even like Pulisic, you know, they are big. But then when they go to the premiership, then they explode, right? So they really need to work on their internationalization strategies with these players and uh, even like with, with Hasebe, right? Mm-hmm. Like big guy in Japan, right? But is Frankfurt really using the potential? Um, I don't know, right? Maybe it is, but I, I doubt this sometimes. I think if these players, if they would go to any other uh, team that is more on a global scale, it kind of peaks or it kind of explodes, and this is, I think, what the Bundesliga really has to work on. You know, on their global, uh, global, on their globalization strategy, and that's for me way more important than any investor and fifty-plus-one totally bullshit that they always want to come up with. But yeah, we talked enough about this. Sorry, but I just needed to <laughs> point that out. That this is why this is uh, important.
0: Okay, focusing back onto the Eintracht from the Bundesliga. Um, so people might have noticed Hasebe and Kevin Trapp uh, kind of had a little collision during their Neon match. The following has come through. Hasebe is out for at least a week, and then trap that's way more of a bigger deal. He's out for the rest of the, Hinru- uh, the Hinrunda, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, how best to follow up with that? But yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is the right it's way. That's all you can say about it. Yeah, uh, it does. It does. It, we are lucky in the fact that we have a Victoria Gimelich as our next opposition uh, for uh, really any competition. Um, but for us long term, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time. When Ronaldo went down with injury, and we were like, "Ah, crap! We got Wiedwald and we got Zimmerman. Crap." not a good position to be in well guess what we then uh brought in KT well KT's now hurt Ronaldo has not had a chance to really since that super cup match has not had a chance to yeah. uh take on the uh the Eintracht, uh keeper shirt and now he has his opportunity you know we have Gimrish and we have Bremen, so it's not like we're facing off against uh Borussia Dortmund or a Leipzig or a München, but it does allow us to kind of adapt to a new person at the back, uh, protecting our butts. Well, you know, we kept on talking about you know, kind of rotating guys through and everything, and I think Rona was able to get. Europa League match last year, I think, uh, in the group, the, I think maybe the final group stage match. And I'm kind of scratching my head here and trying to think if there was any other moment for that. But, you know, Rona looked definitely once uh, we re signed Kevin Trapp, you know, on a permanent basis. It definitely looked like he would be headed out. He has not headed out. Um, I still think that he, that boy will be on his way out, but best keep him uh, for the time being. Roman um well definitely we can be can
1: be happy that we kept with we kept Renault right uh, uh, I would feel worse if we had Viwald uh, on the bench all the time so I mean Renault now let's put it this way he now has got a chance to show what he is actually worth right so we don't know um we know that the scouting department of Frankfurt hasn't been that bad and you know um, so I'm ex excited would be the wrong word but i'm curious to see how he's going to manage i think he's going to do well or i hope he's going to do well of course he might not have the class of he's not going to have the class of trap and also like within the team uh, trap is going to be a big loss um but you know i i just hope he's a good goalie i think they hope he worked and and he needs to be a solid you know let's say as long as he's among the the best um, 10 goalies in the Bundesliga that's uh, you know I think we can be happy uh, given the the fucked situation that we're in um, what I'm more scared about actually is not uh, seeing Renault in action it's like will he last mm-hmm. right I mean like um, that's more what I'm scared about I mean if if it would have been for one or two or three matches, I would say, "Ah, oh, yeah, perfect." now we can finally see what actually it's interesting you know to see how he is right, because he's been like the black box since he started since he started at Frankfurt because he was never really able to to show to 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 prove his his capabilities, and we'll be able to see that right so now the only thing that worries me is what happens if he gets injured because he seems to be injured fairly easily, so you know that's that's what I think is going to be the uh, the tough question you know can he can he finish you know can we finish with him and not relying on Wiedwald at some point right so that's for me the big question but other than that of course I'm I am I think it's a horrible situation we're in but you know to look on the bright side we will see how, how good Renault actually is maybe he's super good right maybe it's going to be a very good situation you know he's going to play very well he's going to show his strength And then uh, maybe we can sell him for more money uh, at some point, right? Like Wittwald, you know, remember when, uh, um, I don't know, who was the goalie at that point? Uh, Was it even Top? I don't know. When he was sick and Wittwald was there for three or six games and he really showed how cool he is. And then he left to Bremen right away, right? Yeah, I I think that was
0: was uh, Trap that we had at the same time. So we sold Trap and Wittwald. Edvald had left for Bremen. I had already agreed to leave Bremen when we sold yeah. him to uh, Paris Saint
1: Germain, and but he had a few games where he showed his his uh, his quality, right? So, um, so let's hope Renault does the same. So one can only hope. Um, one can only hope. Yeah, exactly. That's all we have. <laughs>
0: Indeed, that is Mm -hmm. all that we have. But I just one week, uh, so I'm not really all too fussed about that. I did kind of want to touch on Kevin Trapp being out so long. So, Roman, our final bit to kind of discuss today, if you're ready to dive in, it's Vittoria Gimrish. So what do you know of Gimrish? Because I've got very little Mm -hmm. stats to go off of.
1: Oh man, same here. Like uh, you, you gonna you gonna tell us a little bit about it? I know, but I don't know anything. I mean, I looked on the map where it is, <laughs> um, because as I mentioned before, uh, I try to see whether I can go. How far away is it from Porto? And uh, that's about it, pretty much. You know, there's not a lot. Um, before we, uh, uh, before we got uh, got this. Uh, the stream constellation of playing against them. I had no idea that even existed, so yeah. So, uh,
0: a quick rundown of Victoria, but you Greenwich. know, something. so uh, the stadium, um, uh, that I'm talking playing them in, uh, this was uh, one of the stadiums used during uh, the 2004 Euros. Kind of forgettable for a couple of nations, some nations remember it exceedingly well, so uh. <clears throat> So they, they play in a much bigger stadium than is probably uh, ne- uh, suits their needs. And the Eintracht, let's be honest, they, they didn't do all too well against Standard Liège, uh, losing 2-0 in that match. And uh, right now, we really need the full three points. It, I mean, for me, there's nothing other than victory is acceptable at this point roman uh how are you feeling on this what can you say would your be your predictor considering the fact that we're kind of running blind with this team in terms of our yeah. you know week by week knowledge of all of our opposition it is something that makes me yeah. a little
1: queasy but at the end of the day i'm like you know what let's just go for it yeah exactly i think we got we got all the uh um all, all the all the aces on our hand right so i mean like we have a Portuguese experience, put it this way. They have no German experience, right? So we have with Dost, Paciencia, Silva... Uh, did I miss anyone? Uh, you know, we have great me, uh, knowledge Roman, about... Let's,
0: uh, let's talk about uh, everything that is going on with Untracked in this match. And it's really just the result that we need. I would like to just kind of... <sighs> it's been a long okay, week, three, Roman. It's been a very long week. Zero, three. And... Uh, for me, I'm going with a 3-0 victory for the Eintracht. I think that our Portuguese talent will be on display. They will be put out there, mostly due to the fact that they would know the opposition from a personal standpoint uh, a little bit better than uh, your average member of the Eintracht squad. So yeah, uh, 3-0 to the Eintracht. I think that we will spread them a lot better than uh, Liège did, and I think the team yeah. will come back uh, to Frankfurt looking to play against uh, S. Val and uh we'll, we'll look with the international break that's right around the corner, we're gonna be uh hot and ready to go uh for the rest of the Bundesliga season and look to kinda go from strength to strength.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll be well, it will be I think it will be a fest Thursday. So where are you watching?
0: Oh yeah, so uh I will be uh, that that's entirely dependent on a certain uh, job situation. Anyone who follows uh, certain <clears> throat> throat> um, uh,
1: is your boss listening to our no, podcast? No,
0: uh, my boss knows this. Well, I mean, uh, uh, for the Robert, Hello. you've been gone for a second, <laughs> so. I d- there's been there's been a, a strike at General Motors uh, from the civilian people, and uh, due to that, uh, I've kind of been in and out of the office at varying degrees. So I either will be at mm-hmm. my desk, or I will be out and about in my hometown, uh, streaming uh, the match from uh, my BR Live app, which is where you can uh, acquire that for the the US watchers um what about
1: you robin oh i'm watching with my friends so we'll be I mean, we don't know yet where uh but yeah probably just hanging around at home watching the game maybe having a little barbecue on the side i don't know haven't decided yet but uh yeah what
0: is what constitutes a german style barbecue I'm just i'm starting to rack my brain and just and i don't have i can't really produce an image
1: yeah, so definitely no hot dogs, no hamburgers. Uh, we don't do that, um, and usually not even chicken <laughs> so this is Like we don't do that. What we do, obviously, is bratwurst, right? That's always part of it. Mm. And then we have these kind of pork steaks, you know, and they're usually marinated uh, pork steaks or beef, of course, you know, um, uh, steaks, and potatoes. Usually, you know, you use potatoes. You put them in tin foil. Put them on. And of course, all kinds of veggies nowadays, right, uh, that, that go on there. And depending on how many vegetarians um, you put in halloumi cheese, you know, or, you know, uh, vegetarian sausages and this kind of this and that. But I would say the typical German barbecue would be bratwurst and these kind of marinated steaks, uh, pork steaks, pork steaks. Uh, right. then, of course, a little, little yeah, a little there bit you. of beef maybe and bauchfleisch, like the uh, belly, uh, belly meat, you know, it's uh, very good. So. That constitutes usually a German barbecue. There you go. There you go. Baguettes. Nice. Bread and potatoes and that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Good things all around. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. We are so happy to have had Roman uh, rejoin us. Roman, uh, where can we find you in the social media
1: world? Woo-hoo. You'll find me on Twitter at SF Bay Eagles and Instagram also SFBayEagles. You can follow
0: me uh, at KCSGE. More importantly, follow us on the following platform. So that's facebook.com slash HEFpod. Yeah. Uh, all the latest news on the Eintracht in the English language, including new episode drops and contests. We also have our Twitter account that is at HEFpod. Also, you can email uh, your questions and comments and everything else. Uh, that it, the email address is hey Frankfurt at gmail.com. Roman, that wraps up this guy with the And ratings. Oval.
1: We need ratings, reviews, ratings, Let's and the other podcast, you know.
0: And share with your own yeah. Eintrack Frankfurt fans uh this podcast, because look, we are fans, we do this for you, the fans, by fans. This is an entirely fan supported thing, and without you guys, you know, it's just a Two uh
1: two guys having a drink, talking. <laughs> so Exactly. Sometimes three, sometimes four, <laughs> sometimes two. <laughs> Used to be only you, you know, so. Oh gosh, <laughs>
0: I'd rather not return to those days. Anyways, uh from all of us here at Hey I Track Frankfurt. chews, cheers.